So one, I just want to talk a little bit tonight about having the will to win, the will to being um, successful. How many know that you have to have a, a will to do the things of God, a spiritual will, because your flesh isn't always going to want to do um, what God wants you to do? Am I the only one? How many have had that battle where you want to, you want to go to church, but, but your flesh says, well, sleep in? You know, or whatever, or you, you want to walk in love, but your emotions tell you that you've been too hurt to do that. So we have to have a drive and a want to to just serve God and to live for him. And when we do, he pays off big time, pays off big time. And and you see great rewards from that kind of a life. And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Second Corinthians 12 and uh, verse uh, seven. And we're going to read about the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul talks about a thorn in the flesh that um, he had. And uh, so we're going to um, just go down through this right off the bat. I think this passage of Scripture that we're, we are about to read is one of the most powerful passages of Scriptures in all the Word of God. I mean, if you understand it correctly, you, you will be empowered to keep on keeping on. You don't understand it, you'll be hopelessly lost somewhere out in uh, Never Never Land. <laughs> it's just that important. And so, but we're going to get it right tonight. And uh, we, I taught a little bit on this at uh, First Friday Fellowship, and I would venture to say if you go to nine out of ten churches, they'll get it wrong. They'll get it wrong. And uh, um, so we're going to get it right tonight and uh, be blessed by it. So Paul's thorn in the flesh. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, he says, Unless I should be exalted above measure, measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Now, here's the, here's the part where uh, people get confused. Many people believe that Paul's thorn in the flesh was a sickness. If you think he's talking about a physical Ill, ailment or a sickness, then it messes up the whole scripture. Because then you are believing that Paul says, I have this sickness and I asked the Lord to remove it three times. He said, oh, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Go ahead and be sick. I don't want you to be, to, to be too pride prideful and i'll teach you a lesson through that sickness that's taught a lot and so therefore you'll put up with things you don't have to put up with and and, and the devil could take advantage of you what you don't know can really hurt you in the in in, in our life here the, uh, god said my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge and so paul wasn't talking about a sickness you've been you have the right to be healed if you're ever praying for to God for a healing, you're not praying for something, you're not asking him for something that he hasn't already provided for you. 
It's already yours. And so we just got to know what, our, what his promises are to us. So let's look at it again. Let's look at this. He says in verse 7, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. Now, if you have time, read this whole chapter later this week. Paul said, unless I be exalted above measure. People often say that Paul was full of pride and God wanted to keep him humble. Paul had, he wasn't a prideful person. And I can prove it to you many times in the scripture. And, and so, uh, see, see that kind of teaching, I call it stinking thinking, can get you all wrapped up. And so, what he's talking about is that Paul was being elevated in his ministry. If you read over in the first part of uh, 2 Corinthians 12, he was, he was taken up into the heavens for 14 days. He had revelation. He, he had a powerful, powerful ministry. And, and the, the devil didn't like the fact that he was being lifted up and, and exalted, that, that people were hearing what he had to say. And so the, the devil sent persecution his way. Look at this. He said, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, there was given to me what? A thorn in the flesh. What was the thorn in the flesh? The messenger of Satan to buffet me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. Or people who persecuted him. The word buffet in the Greek means to come up against, pound against. And we know Paul had a, had a tough time how many times did he say he was beaten with rods and stoned? And, and uh, I'll tell you what, but he, he was, he was uh, determined to get the word out there. And so Paul suffered that persecution. There was, there was people, a lot of people back in that day, that they would sell little trinkets that worshipped false gods. Like they made them out of copper, out of gold, out of silver. People like Alexander the coppersmith was mentioned in particular. And they were losing money. Oh, follow the money, right? People weren't buying their trinkets. And so they would get the crowd stirred up against Paul. And so say like if he's, he was teaching in Chambersburg and he was going to go to Shippensburg the next day, they would send people ahead of him and say, look, there's going to be a guy coming here. He's teaching all kinds of wild stuff and he's coming against our gods and they'd be ready for him. And he wouldn't have the platform that he needed to have. And that's what he's talking about. A messenger of Satan, right? Not sickness. Now, when you understand that, then you can see that what Jesus said to him is very powerful. Because what he said is, don't give up. Don't quit. My grace is sufficient for you. When you're at your weakest, I'm at my strongest. We live in a fallen world. And the Bible always already said that Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. The Bible already says there's tribulation in this world. And just living as a Christian today, we get persecuted in our own country. Not to the degree that some nations do, but, but you can be persecuted. How many of you have ever been called names or put down or, mis, or misjudged by what you believe, by believing the Word of God? And uh, it's starting to heat up a little bit, isn't it? So he said it was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet him, lest he should be exalted above measure. And look at verse 8. He said, for this thing I sought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, here's what the Lord said to him every time. And he, this is what he's saying to you. My grace is sufficient for thee. 
For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so if you're going through a hard time, and if you're trying to do what you know is right and what the Word of God says that you can, you can do, don't give up. Don't get discouraged. It's not that you're doing anything wrong necessarily. We live in a fallen world. But if you keep pressing in and you keep having the desire to live for God and to glorify Him and to do what He called you to do, you'll have the strength of God behind your back. No matter how weak you get. You could take this in your marriage. If you're married and, and, you, and you, you want to be the best spouse that you can be in the, and you're having trouble in your marriage, don't give up on, on your marriage. Keep pressing in and keep doing the things that God called you to do. And when you feel weak, He'll give you the strength. That's how you can be sure that you're getting touched by God. This church has a lot of years in it, over 40 years. There were, we had plenty of opportunities through the years to quit under persecution and, and distress. But we kept going. Why? For moments like this. We kept going because we believed that God had a, a work for us to do. And so do you see how this is a powerful scripture? But if you don't understand that he's not talking about sickness, he's talking about persecution and, and, and people troubling him, you'll miss out on all the power of it. And like I said, you'll be sitting around thinking, well, I got this ailment, but God's using it for my, my benefit. Now, God doesn't use sickness. God doesn't use car accidents. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You'd be surprised how many people think those things. God, No one gets more slandered than God. God wants the best for you. And so look at... Um, Look at verse 9 again. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You want God's strength? You want the strength of the Lord himself? Keep on going. Don't listen to the devil and quit. Don't listen to the devil and walk out of your church. Don't listen to the devil and walk out of your marriage. Don't listen to the devil. What the devil does is gets people to make a permanent decision based on a temporary crisis and, and gets them to jump out and get way out there with, with offenses, getting offended and all sorts of things that he can bring on. And uh, all they had to do was keep on doing what God said to do. And his strength would, was there for them. But Paul said this, when he finally got it, he said, look, I got it finally. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You set your heart on following God and you set your heart on pleasing Him and living for Him. The power of Jesus Christ will rest upon you. That's a good deal. I'd take it. I'd take that deal and run with it. I'd read this scripture every day and say, you know what? Yeah, life's hard. No one ever said life was easy. Did I ever say life was easy? You know, we preach the word of faith message and a lot of times other ministries or other religious, religious type people, they don't understand our message. And they, and they, they uh, one day a, a psychologist took me out to lunch. He's a good Christian man, but he knew we taught the word of faith. And he said, you know, you can't avoid having hard times in this world. We, you know, and I knew exactly what he was talking about. He, he was, he was, he thought that's what we preached. I said, yeah, I know. I never said we weren't going to have hard times, but I'll tell you one thing, we can overcome anything that comes our way. I don't want to be labeled as a quitter to you. 
Do you want to quit on God? Do you want to quit on his dreams and his, his promises in your life? I'm not going to listen to the devil. I'm not going to get discouraged. Discouragement will come, but I know that his grace is sufficient for me. No matter how weak I get, God's there all the time. And so look at in verse 10, he says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches. Infirmities means weaknesses of the flesh. So he does, he's not ashamed of the weakness of the, of the flesh. He says, yeah, I'm a human being, right? He says, I take uh, pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches in necessities in persecution in distresses for Christ's sake. Does he say anything about sickness? Nope. And then he says, when I am weak, then am I strong. That's a good scripture, right? I want to show you a scripture, just one other scripture, just to, to prove. Most of you don't, won't need this, but there could be some people listening in here, maybe or maybe later, listen to this on the podcast or whatever, that needs more convincing. Turn over to Numbers 33, verse 55. Now, we know that the Apostle Paul was well-versed in the Old Testament Scripture. He was a brilliant man. Spoke many different languages, brilliant. To the, if he'd have kept going in the way of Judaism, he probably would have been the high priest at one time. But God got a hold of him, and he got out of religion, and he sold out to God. And we're still talking about him 2,000 years later. But the Apostle Paul often used phrases or or sayings from the Old Testament. And this is one of those cases. So I'll show you in the Old Testament where God talks about thorns in the side or thorns in the flesh, right? And so, and we'll see that when God talked about it, he talked about people harassing or persecution. And so God gives instructions to Moses to, that when you go into the promised land, clear all those heathen people out of there, clear them all out. Because look at this, verse 55. But if you fail to drive out the people <clears throat> who live in the land, those who remain will be like splinters in your eyes and thorns in your side. Right? They will harass you in the land where you live. Fits perfect with what Paul said, right? Thorn in the side. How many of you have ever heard that, that expression, thorn in the side? Has it ever been for sickness? It's been somebody's a thorn in your side. Or sometimes they use other expressions, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but a, oh, you're a thorn in my side, and that's all Paul says. I are the messengers from Satan, and they're sent to hinder me. They're sent to keep me from getting out what God put in me. And and I asked the Lord three times that it would depart from me, and he and finally I got it. He said the same thing every time. My grace is sufficient for you. You keep on going. You keep on serving me and my power, power will rest upon you. I get a big thrill out of that. Amen. I get a big thrill out of knowing that the power of Christ rests upon me. The power of Christ rests upon your pastor. The power of Christ rests upon this church and the power of Jesus Christ rests upon you. Your job is to keep on going. Your job is to never quit. What are you, where are you going to go? You're going to walk out on God and go back in the world? 
What's out there in the world? Bunch of junk, right? Bunch of trouble. You don't, <laughs> you're, you're where you need to be. And so we grow in the Spirit. Look at uh, 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. This is the um, Apostle Paul here talking about it at the end of his life. This is what we all want to say. If the Lord should tarry another 100 years, all of us should pray that we, we come to this point at the end of our life. In verse 7, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course or ran my race, and I have kept the faith. What did he do? He fought. You got to fight the good fight of faith. Paul wouldn't use that word fight if there wasn't a fight in it. And he said, I've run my race. And I've said this before. You want to talk about being offended. The spirit of offense knocks more people out the game than anything. And I can't think of two things that would offend my flesh more than getting in a fight or running a race. If we had even a mile race, my body would be very offended at that. All right? If you punch me in the nose, I'm going to get offended. So Paul uses these examples like, look, my, my life as a Christian is like I have been punched in the nose and ran a race. But yet here I am with the glory of God on me, the peace of God on me. Paul was not afraid to die. He said, look, I'll go. If I, if I want to go to be with the Father, but I want to stay here for you. I mean, that's true. That, that's, what, that's the reward of never giving up. And so don't get discouraged if your life is tough. Everybody's life is tough. We have tough. You know, we went through the, the coronavirus, like a lot of churches. That was tough for a lot of churches. There's a lot of churches that folded underneath that, and a lot of divisions and things came out of that. We did really well, thanks to the Lord. You know, and we, we go through persecutions here. The devil doesn't, doesn't like the work that we do. Well, too bad. <laughs> right? Uh, Jesus is the head of this group, of this body. And we have the power to cast out devils. And we are going to shine bright, or brighter and brighter until that, to that perfect day when our Lord and Savior comes back. And if he tarries even, even, even a little bit longer, wait till you see what comes of this place. Amen? Because we are going to keep doing the Lord's work. And so hang in there and, and don't quit. Verse 8, he says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also, that love his appearing. You too, right? A crown of righteousness is, is waiting for you. And so, just in closing here, we have to understand, like, a lot of times, it's not so much, well, sometimes it is, but sometimes it can be the world giving us trouble and, and things of the world. Um, the Bible says that there's people that the devil could take captive at his will. 
And, and the Bible says evil gets in the hearts of men and women out there, right? But, but sometimes your trouble is in your own home sometimes, in your own family. There's a troubled spirit or trouble, trouble going there. Don't, don't give in to that. You speak peace and you speak joy and you speak the power of God over your, you, you use your words, right? And, and don't, don't crumble under that. But sometimes persecution can come and trouble can come within the own, your own body, your own spiritual body. And what the devil's trying to do is get you offended. Don't get offended. You got to have the will to live your life and say, I am not getting offended. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to honor him. The Bible says that the anger of, of a person does not promote the righteousness of God, right? It's not what God wants from us. Well, uh, being offended isn't either. If you stay offended long enough, you're going to be you're going to get bitter. And you're going to make decisions based off of emotions that are that are a little bit out of balance there, and you're going to make wrong decisions. The Lord put this in my my spirit, and then I'll close. This is a word from the Lord. He said, "Many of my people have quit the fight and dropped out of the race due to being offended." They have followed the outward offense of their flesh instead of the inward witness of the Spirit. Not just those who left the church. Many of those people are still in the church. They have quit on the spirit of unity and the prize of harmony long ago. And so you got the prodigal sons, right? It's not the parable of the prodigal son, it's the prodigal sons. The one son left, right? He was greedy as all get out. He was worldly and everybody knew it. He was greedy. He said, look, give me my inheritance. He took all his money, went out and blew it and ended up in the pig's den, right? He came back and who was waiting on him? The father. That's a perfect portrayal of God's always waiting on us. But you had the other son that stayed. And when, when his younger brother came back home, he was upset. He wouldn't even go down to the party. And, and his father's like, why aren't you coming down? He said, well, you never threw a party for me. And you never did this. Or you never did this. And the father said, oh, everything I had has always been yours. And so keep pressing in and doing the things that God asked us to do. Guard your heart with, with everything in you. Guard your heart. Don't allow yourself to get offended. Don't allow yourself to get discouraged. Discouragement will come to us all. It's just a thought. It's just an opportunity to take it. The Bible says cast down those thoughts. Take them captive. You know how you take them captive? Speak the word of God. You don't have to act like the world anymore. If people are mean and hateful and spiteful, you don't have to act like them. You can act like a child of God. Because you have the Spirit of God in you. And go out there and win some for the Lord. Go out there and preach the gospel. Go out there and witness, testify. And you'll be happier than anybody. That's all I have. Would you rise, please?